welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast, where we empower youth to be their best selves through the values and traditions of the rodeo and Western lifestyle. Okay, well, Mr. Dave Duquette, welcome to the Rodeo Kids monthly Zoom. We're really excited to have you. Um, we have worked on a couple different things. We did a, a, a podcast with the gentleman from the PRCA's Animal Welfare, and we've done a couple different Zooms on how to handle different situations that come up around animal rights and animal welfare and stuff like that. So um, these kids have been exposed to it some, but um, I just I think that there's so much that uh, so much to offer and what you're doing in the industry is so important. And you know, these kids are ambassadors for the sport and they all are leaders. They're uh, leaders amongst their peers and throughout the industry. And they're all aspiring to do really big things within the industry, whether it's a job or whether it's winning gold buckles at the NFR. Um, it's a really good group of kids. And so uh, I just feel like you have a lot to share. And so we're excited to have you. So welcome. Thank you. I'm, yes. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so I'm just going to turn this over to you, and I'm going to let you tell your story, you know, from where you were sitting in these kids' shoes, uh, you know, watching other people do stuff, to how you got to where you are with Western Justice today. Sure. Well, when I was when I was your guys' age, my rodeo team at my high school was a logging rodeo team, because I lived in a very strong logging rodeo, our logging community, so have rodeo. To, to say, you know, to speak of, we had, like I said, a logging rodeo. So I was a speed climber, that kind of stuff. And But when I got, I went through the Marine Corps, went in the Marine Corps right out of high school. And then after that, I want, all I wanted to be was a cowboy. So 21 years old, I started working on big ranches and, and uh, training horses. And for about 20 plus years, I trained rain cow horses. So at a fairly high level and got, got up there pretty high with them and uh, did real well. But then I started seeing what the animal rights groups were doing back in 2006. I saw what animal rights were trying to do to our way of life and our industries. And whether it's the cow horse, the cutting, the reining, the, you know, the jumping, any of those different venues within the horse world uh, were coming after us. So I noticed that nobody was really trying to, take them to the woodshed, so to speak, and, and, and really fight back. So being a Marine, I'm, uh, I was very, I have a very anti-bully type mentality already built in and then the Marine Corps kind of made that even bigger. And I look at these animal rights groups and their mental groups that are trying to change all this stuff or take away from us as um, the bully. So, um, and so you guys are aware the, the animal rights groups and the environmental groups are all run by the same people. A lot of those people cross over into the different groups. So when I when I tell you I'm fighting against both of them, mostly the environmental groups are the ones that are trying to weight grazing and all, you know, get rid of the cattle industry and, you know, claiming that cattle are bad for the environment. So I do a lot of work in that vein where proving them wrong wrong is uh, a key at one of the things I do for ranching, uh, protecting ranchers from malicious prosecution. I don't know how many of you are 
paid attention or knew about it, but about four years ago, the President Trump pardoned two ranchers from Oregon. Their, their names are the Hammonds, Dwight and Stephen Hammond. And they were very maliciously prosecuted because the government wanted their property, wanted their ranch. And we were, I was able to get President Trump to pardon those two ranchers because they had put him in jail over nothing. So it was very, that was a very rewarding deal. But one of the, when these groups, this, the LA situation is not a new situation. So when I say that, I mean, those people trying to ban rodeo, it's not a new thing. What is new is that Western justice has brought together the whole over six major organizations within the rodeo world and the horse community, Western horse community, that have come in to fight back. And that's the new thing, because we, our side is generally, because we're working so much, we don't generally tie attention to all that kind of stuff as a whole, as a whole, a whole demographic of people. We don't have the time to sit down and fight back all the time. So now, with what we're doing with Western Justice, we are that vehicle to fight these groups. And we've, like I said, we've organized a, a tremendous group of organizations from the IPRA, WCRA, the PRCA, the PBR, all of these, uh, Bill Pickett, All Black Rodeo, the, IFR, the Indian National Finals Rodeo, that's the PRCA of the tribal community. And, you know, all the Compton down there in Compton, in California, they're on our coalition. So bringing all of those people together is what is very important and is being very effective on slowing this stuff down. If we hadn't done that, we, we've been working on the LA situation at Bay for 20 months now. And if we hadn't done what we're doing, it probably would have passed last year. But a lot of people say, just let LA go you know, they're, you know, they're all crazy there. Let them go. Let, let that city go somewhere where they want you. The problem with that logic is that you, LA is the second largest city in the United States. And it's the same reason we would fight this in New York, because New York's the largest city in the United States. So we fight back. We don't want the, the second largest city in the United States to ban our sport and, and our world. So we have to fight back constantly against these people and and like i said our our side is always taking the offensive mode where we wait for them to do something then we react to it and now we're taking the the fight them so to speak and we're we're not allowing them to run over the top of us and getting very aggressive and one great thing in the last year or so is a lot of people and really started to support this effort instead of hiding or not getting engaged, being a part of it. That's why I'm, I'm glad to be here because with Western Justice, what I'm building with Western Justice, some of you hopefully will be involved with it down the road as you get older. I want, I want the youth, I want the organization to outlive me and keep going um, so that it is a a, we bring younger people in who are just as um, steadfast at protecting our way of life. And that's basically what we're doing. And, and in LA right now, 
like I said, we would would have been um, asked last year if it wasn't for our efforts. So um, we are. So now, now that they're uh, LA, we've been telling the last twenty months that this is going to drift to several different areas if we don't stop it. And Alameda County is a prime example. They're going after Santa Barbara. They're going to try Santa Barbara. They're going to try Steamboat Springs in Colorado. Um, there's all kinds of places this is going to happen if we don't all band together and really all come together and fight from one entity. And that's what Western Justice is, is that entity to, to push back against them. So with that, um, we are... Another another thing we're doing we have we have a platform that we're building should be launched in about a month. The platform is going to be a uh, basically three different platforms in one. So like change.org, the petition platform, it's going to be a, a crowdfunding like GoFundMe and a survey and polling like SurveyMonkey, and that is going to give us. The, and it's going to be called Rural America in Action. And it's going to be a very strong thing for us to do because we need, we need people's opinions. So when I go to DC and I sit down with politicians, I can go, look, here I've got a million people in America. This is how it's put the poll. A real doubt, a real poll of rural Americans. Because one of the things the animal rights groups do is they'll poll an issue and they'll use that number. And then you, you go and dig into their polling data and they polled a thousand people in downtown Chicago. Well, that's not representative of America. You know, that's a very representation for America in Chicago, as bad as things are there. So we're with our with our new platform, we're gonna want people to use it, be involved with it and promote it, help it, push it out. And that's going to help us all the way around. So, I don't. Uh, what else do you want me to talk about? You want me to? You want to just open it up to questions? Anybody got any questions? We can certainly do that. Um, can you go into a little bit more, like what some of the issues are that the industry is facing? You know, like you said, a lot of us are too busy. You know, a lot of these kids are going up and down the road to rodeos. They're busy with school and they're just unaware of what the issues even are. Okay. So like, like let's take, for example, what they're doing in LA and Alameda County. They're saying that um, flight ops, spurs and hot shots and ropes. Now they put ropes in the LA deal, any kind of lasso, lariat or rope. Um, wire tie downs, which nobody uses the wire tie down that isn't covered and it's illegal anyway. They use salacious uh, anecdotes about these different things. For one, they say the, you know, the flank strap goes around the testicles of a bull. So that's totally not true. We've shown them pictures where a bull's up in the air and you can see underneath them or a horse is up in the air, you can see underneath them, you can see exactly where the flying strap goes. They try to say that the flying strap has tacks or something abrasive in it or something that pokes the horse. Um, they say the same thing about the bulls. Uh, they, they're, they're very, they call them implements of torture. And so, 
we've proven, and we've done a lot of work with PRCA, PBR, all of the big groups that are in the coalition. We've worked for 20 months every one week for the last 20 months. We've had a Zoom call with our team, our, our working team this group that actually put together a set of animal welfare facts and fiction. And, you know, one of the one of the key things that these people are trying to say, these people that are against rodeo, they're trying to get people in politics, nothing about rodeo, nothing about a flank strap, nothing about any of that kind of stuff that goes on in our world. I mean, they're absolutely have no idea what any of it is. And so they go to them and tell them all these salacious stories and they believe it because they don't have any other reason to, or no reason to not believe it because nobody's uh, educated them or taught them. So that's what our coalition is doing now is educating all these politicians. So there's a couple of them that all they want to do is do the bidding of the animal rights group. So they're never going to listen to us. They're, they're going to always say that we're torturing animals. So um, it, all of you kids probably realize that you can't make a 2,000 pound bull do anything he doesn't want to do. So that's just the way it is. And the flank straps are more like a belt than they are uh, something that's going to hurt him. Because if you cinch it down too tight, you cinch it. If you, those of you that rope, if you pantyhose a steer, what does that steer do? It goes down, right? It doesn't. It's not bucking or fighting or anything like that. you ground their flank too tight. It's going to cause them to go down, not not buck. So. Those are the kind of things we have to prove to these politicians and try to get them in front of, you know, or get get them in front of rodeo so they can actually see it. The other the other big thing that this group could really be affected with and helpful. And how many kids do you say do you have? Um, on the perform or on rodeo kids, there's about 54 kids right now, and about another 50 through the performance pony company. So. How many of you know what Wild Horse Issue is? Or ever heard of Wild Horse Annie and all that stuff? Okay. Wild Horse Annie back in the 70s, when she when they passed, they got the Wild Horse and Burrow Act passed. She took kids and did a letter writing campaign from a bunch of kids about the wild horses, who really they had no idea about managing animals, but they did they drew pictures and they did a bunch of letter writing to Congress and she used you to make that which now is exacerbated a huge problem but that's how you get to some of these politicians and this that's where this group could really be helpful is in, in making tiktoks and videos about how you take care of your animals how you how well you do and you if you guys can make sure when you do something like that and we've had some really cool ones on our western justice facebook page and our tiktok with with uh, some youth kids that did their dads produce some videos. There's a there's a young boy, and I'm, I'm not gonna think of his name, um, lives down in San Diego area, between San Diego and LA, but somewhere, but he's a little bull rider. And he is bad to the bone at the bull riding for his age. But he, his dad made a great set of videos of him caring for the animals, walking up, petting the, the bulls and giving them grain and doing stuff like that. That kind of stuff plays really well 
with politicians. So anything that you guys can do on your own, you know, out with your animals, showing how you care for them, that kind of stuff, making little videos, short videos, that's, those are great things for us. And if you do one, make sure you tag us in it or do something so that we see it and we can promote it and use it on our page too. And mm -hmm. that'll, those are, those are great things to do for us. And we need that. We need, and when you're at the, the junior rodeos or whatever rodeos you guys are going to with the, the youth rodeos, go out there and make, make videos for us and get that done and, and show, get a group of kids together and talk about rodeo. Make a little short video about rodeo and how, what it means to you. So what, what, what it's done for you and your life and all of that. That's, those will all be great things. And if you guys get it put together through Rodeo Kids and then put it out, then we'll promote it on Western Justice. We'll help your group get bigger and we'll help. It'll help the whole situation. You so, bet. We already have some kids with some great videos that we can, we can pass on over to you. So we can definitely do that. And Victoria, do you have a question? What can we tag you at? Um, and on what platforms? And what what? Platforms. Uh, we have we have uh, Instagram, and it's just Western Justice. I think it's justice. And the LF stands for Legislative Fund because that's our political group. Um, we're on TikTok, uh, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. We're on Twitter, but we really don't use that a whole lot. So, what did you say your Instagram was? I'm putting them in the chat. I think I think it's Western Justice LF. Okay. Western Justice. And if you guys have any questions, you can just raise your hands too, so that I can call on you as you come across them. Um, one thing that you said earlier, um, it was talking about how we used to take more of the backseat approach and once it became a problem, then we addressed it. And then you mentioned that now you're going more and you're like, you're throwing it out there and you're bringing the fight to them. What are some things that you're doing? What's changed um, to allow you to bring the fight to them? And what exactly does that mean? Well, it's, it's people are finally, I mean, I've been fighting this stuff for 16 years now and for years people, and I don't know how many of you'll get this reference, but back a long time ago when I was a kid, when people, somebody was saying something crazy about UFOs, they would tell people to put your tinfoil hat back on because that was supposed to keep you from getting your brain read by a UFO. And so they tell you to put your tinfoil hat back on and get back in the basement. Well, that's, that's the way people looked at me for a long time when I would tell them what was going on with these animal rights groups and what their long-term goal was well there's enough that has come out now and enough that's happened and there's been enough people talking about it and seeing it that there people are the paradigm shift has finally happened and people are starting to realize that oh we got to do something about this we got to protect ourselves because and not everybody but there's a lot more people that are on board with being able to you know go after it and be more preemptive and one great thing about rodeo is there's some great people within the PRCA for years. Uh, when Carl Strassman was there, Cindy Sean Holtz was the animal welfare gal, and uh, Doug Corey, the veterinarian who's still there, being animal welfare veterinarian, 
they they did a lot of great to to make it so basically uh, DC and the federal government looked at rodeo like they were already policing their own. And that's that's where the rest of the horse show world and people like that need to get to because there are there's a, a thing called the Horse Protection Act that most people have no idea that it's there. Most people in the Western horse world or the horse world have no idea that it's there. The Horse Protection Act is under USDA. That is the federal government. And it covers every horse, domestic horse in the United States. So that, that means those rules that they have in the Horse Protection Act, it, they are for every horse, domestic horse in the United States. There's a lot of really interesting rules that will cause a lot of problems for all of us if they see those rules. And, and they started off going after with the Tennessee walking horses. And, but the, in the Horse Protection Act, it says that every horse, every domestic horse falls underneath the, the uh, Horse Protection Act. So that's, those are some of the things that I deal with. Just, just uh, a couple of years ago, there was a bill came up called the Act Act. It was Prevent All Cruelty and Torture Act. That was, I mean, who wouldn't want to prevent all cruelty in animals? Right? That sounds really good. But in that act, and Pre Donald Trump signed it, President Trump signed it when he was in there. But during that time, there was some things in that. There was one rule in there that we got taken out. And that was through my talking to people within the White House. And one rule said that you couldn't weigh more than 10% of the animal's body weight you were. So at 230 pounds, that puts me on a 2,300 pound draft horse. So you could bet I'd be riding a drag chasing cows and not a draft horse. But that's, those are the kind of things that they will try to pass and they try to pass all the time in DC. There's all kinds of little things like that that happen that we pay attention to and we're able to stop. So now, and to go back to your question, now that, now that people are starting to see all that and people are getting educated on that kind of stuff, they're starting to realize that they need to stand up and do something. So now We've always played, like I said, we've always played defense. We waited till something happened, hiding from the politicians or the animal rights groups, not wanting to upset them, and we just hide from them, and then we wait till they do something we can't live with, and then we react to it. But now we're doing a lot more preemptive stuff to make sure they don't aren't able to come after us with anything. So the rodeo world, the rodeo PRCA, back, I don't know how long ago it's been, it's been a decade or so, they implemented the no jerk down rule, cap rope. That was because too many animals were getting jerked straight over backwards, and they were trying to make that a, a, a more, uh, a less unsightly kind of a event for the average person who didn't know what they were looking at. So... They implemented that rule. So they've been, they've made themselves, all of their rules are more, more stringent towards animal welfare than any state in the United States has on their books. So that's kept the federal government out of rodeo. That drives the animal rights groups crazy 
They want to be able to regulate rodeo from the federal government. But we've stopped them at the federal level. And now we're, we've stopped them a lot at the state level. So now the cities and county level, which means there's, and it's sad to say, but there's more options for corruption. The lower level politician you get to, there's more options for corruption and more options to find some crazy person who doesn't, who just thinks that all animals should be running free and we shouldn't have any animals in captivity and we shouldn't eat meat. And that's exactly what's going on in LA and Alameda County. There's some radical people within those, the county, the county supervisors in Alameda and the, and the uh, city council in LA. So New York's tried to ban rodeo for the last three, three or four years, and we've been able to block it there every time. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, this is a this is a uh, going to be an ongoing battle. It's likely that if one of these passes coming up, it's going to go to court. So we're going to take it to court and finally find or get a hopefully get a good judge and get a judgment in our favor on First Amendment and discrimination rights, you know, First Amendment rights and discrimination. So if we do that, then that then we'll be able to use that as what's called precedent in the court system in any state, in any city where they try to do this again. Mm -hmm. So that's the only way we're going to slow down. But that's going to be very costly. That's going to a lawsuit's going to be a million dollars, probably minimum. Mm -hmm. So that's where the whole, we need everybody to come in and help us out and be a part of this. And if I had, you know, $50 a member, which is what our basic membership is for Western Justice, if I had a million members, we'd have enough money to do all of this stuff without having to worry about anybody else coming in. That's our, that's another big thing is we're, we are a membership-based organization like like the NRA does for hunting rights and gun rights and you know some of the big hunting outfits there there's there's a need for all of us to come together and one thing i want you guys to realize is the the horse industry the last time they did a survey on the horse industry and this is how i explain it to politicians because like i told you most politicians have no idea about the horse industry none whether they they most of them never even been up and touched a horse. And I mean, the majority of them. So the horse industry, last survey they did on the, the horse industry was in 2017. And it was a $122 billion a year industry. So politicians hear a lot of big numbers all the time. So that's not as impressive as when I tell them, you know, compare it to the NFL. The NFL is only a $10 billion a year industry. So our wor our little world here in the horse industry is 12 times the size of the NFL. And when you think about uh, all the huge paychecks and the superstars in the NFL, and we're 12 times the size of that in economic impact, that goes a long ways with these politicians. And they also, they can't believe it. We are, we are by far the number by almost double the second were the number the largest recreational entity in the United States and double the next one and that is very that's a huge thing and if our all of the western 
world came together, whether it's, when I say that, I mean ranching, rodeo, and the Western horse world, like the cutters, rangers, cow horse, the team pinners, all those team ropers, all those groups came together. There's no bigger, more financially well-heeled group in the United States. We could be bigger than the NRA if we got everybody together, which the NRA is a pretty big outfit. Yeah, that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Riley and Peyton, you guys have a question and then we'll go to Victoria. Me and Peyton both have a question. Okay. Uh, Peyton can go first. Um, yeah, my question is, which social media platform do you feel is more effective for Western justice, which is Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok? Facebook, Facebook that, that's a good question. Facebook, we put the most effort into Facebook. So we've gotten, um, you know, months where we've reached, we've only got, I think, 19,000 people that like our page, but we've reached over 6 million, almost 7 million people over a course of about four months. We were, we were staying right up that level, but we reach a lot more people on Facebook because a lot of the people, I know you guys, uh, you know, the, the younger generations are more into TikTok, Instagram, and, and Snapchat and all that stuff. We're, our demographic of the, the people that, that show and that kind of stuff are mainly, and it's the older crowd compared to you guys. Um, so my generation, my gen, you know, Gen Xers, we're, we're, most of the people like that are still on Facebook and doing that stuff. So it's kind of turned into a little older crowd there. Uh, not kind of, it really has. So so that's uh, that's where we get the most traction. Now, we've had some TikToks that have gotten half, almost half a million views. So, you know, it's uh, there's some pretty funny ones on there. When I was talking to people who are protesting the pony rides down there and in uh, Griffith Park in LA. So I think that's where you guys come into play too, because you're TikTok savvy and you guys have a following of other kids who, you know, like Western justice, like he said, um, just like I've found with rodeo kids, you know, we're, we're reaching way more people through TikTok right now, your age. I mean, I reach your parents through Facebook who then talk to you guys if you guys don't see it. Um, but I reach more of you through TikTok and Instagram than I do through Facebook. So uh, I think that's where as youth in the industry who are ambassadors, you guys get to step up into that role too and help spread that word amongst your peers and your followers. Go ahead, Riley. Uh, my question was, first, we're from California also. And we've been trying to help with the banning rodeo in Alameda County. And my question is, what is the latest update on saving rodeo in the city of Los Angeles? So right now, uh, basically the update is, is that we've we've stayed this off for 20 months. They haven't they haven't done it. They haven't even brought it to committee. So it's got to go. First thing it has to do is go to what's called the Paw Committee, which is something animal welfare committee something i don't remember what the p stands for but it it's uh an animal welfare committee and they they have to talk about it and deal with it it's likely to pass out of there 
Um, so, but then it goes to the floor for a full vote. So they haven't even had the the PAW committee meeting about it. It hasn't been what they call agendized to be on any meetings at all. Obviously, if you if you're aware of LA at all, they've got a lot of big issues to deal with, and this really isn't something that they're putting a lot of effort into getting done, especially with the amount of um, the amount of disdain that's and and controversy it's brought up. I had we did our our big event in February during PBR at the Staples Center. We had uh, Steve Harvey. The I don't know how many of you know who he is. The, he's the host of what's the name of that show? Oh, which one is that? That's one of my, he's one of my favorite speakers. Yeah. He's, awesome. he's he's a great guy. But his his morning show gal got me on there and a couple others and we and she's been I mean that's a huge popular show in the morning for the commute. So we were on that. We we got lots of press. We had a lot of we had six or seven hundred people at our rally prior to the PBR and the activist groups had like 12 people standing out on the road out there protesting us. But we had we had a great mix of Mexican charros uh, all dressed up in their gear and um, a lot of the Compton Cowboys were there. There was a, a lot of black rodeo guys there. We had several movie stars there that spoke, uh, Forey Smith from Yellowstone and uh, several, we had three black actors, um, Jim Pickens Jr. and uh, Reginald Dorsey. And I'm not gonna think of the other one, but anyway, all a bunch of movie stars that sat and talked about how important it was to stop this from happening. And it was a, it was a really good deal, worked out good. And everybody down there, you'd be surprised at how many horses are actually in the city proper of LA. There's a lot of horses there. And there's, there's a lot of people that had no idea this was even, that lived there, that had no idea this was even going on. And there's still some. Horse, horse people that have no idea this is happening. One of the and one of the things that they're not paying attention to in LA is that, and we brought it up with the council women women in our meeting today, is that they're they're trying to ban fixed spurs. Well, how many of you have ever rode a jumper and rode post spurs? You know, they the little post spurs that they're they are. They're going to ban the Olympics are coming to LA in 2028, so they're going to ban the Olympic sports, horse sports, by doing this. Well, then they decided they were going to carve out a an exception for the Olympics. Well, that opens them up for a whole mass of uh, discrimination lawsuits. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in, in the charros rodeo basically started in the LA area. I mean, that's where the Charos started doing a version of rodeo back before California was even a state. So the Charos played a huge, there's a huge cultural aspect to this. And with LA being so, so high percentage Hispanic in the city councils, you know, over, over half of the city council is Hispanic. So we've been able to really play on that and the cultural heritage of it. And then the Bill Pickett All Black Rodeo, which is which is uh, basically promotes and shows you inner city youth kids the the 
the impact that the black cowboys had the, a lot of history there's a lot of history there that nobody even knows about so um, bill pickett is a traveling show that goes all around the united states and kind of like a pbr type deal but it's a rodeo and it's very well received in a lot of it especially in the inner city there's a lot of kids up there in the inner cities that want to be cowboys and they got no they, they have absolutely no opportunity unless they figure out a way somebody takes them under their wing and brings them into it yeah and helps them out. So. that's all very cool and that's those educational opportunities are really neat and um victoria before you, you can ask your question but i just wanted to share you talked about how there were 12 uh, to your six or 700 of protesters. And uh, we were, my mom was going to a rodeo in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, not far from us. And downtown, you know, they had their protesters there and she looked over and one of them was our relation. And she said, what are you doing? And she said, well, what do you mean? They're paying me 10 bucks an hour yeah. to do this. And she's like, do you realize what you're doing? She's like, no, I'm just getting paid to do it. I'm a broke college kid. You know, like they, there's a lot of that that goes on that, um, they're getting paid to do that as well. And so just keep in mind when there are people protesting, they might not even know what they're protesting. They're just- Well, prime, prime, prime example of that is one of our TikToks has Forey Smith on it from Yellowstone. He's Lloyd on Yellowstone. And he, uh, he went over and started talking to the protesters. And he's talking to this guy and this guy's talking about, I don't even know why I'm here. I, I have yeah. guns, I hunt, I do all this stuff. I don't know why I'm here. And he goes, well, well what do you, you know, this is all our heritage and it's all, you know, about tradition. He goes, I know, I totally get it. As he's holding up a sign that says, stop bull riding, it's cruel. And and as he started talking for he found out his girlfriend in LA was down there protesting and they were getting they were getting a lot more than ten dollars an hour to be down there but they were getting paid to go down there and protest so maybe one of those people was a real protester the rest of the, the other 12 or 11 or 12 were were uh paid people to be there and the same thing with the the people that were if you watch the videos of me asking those guys at the on the tiktok at the griffith park pony rides you watch those those are those guys were all getting paid to be there Mm -hmm. And, you know, and they talk about being a vegan and all that stuff. And I told him if he's not wearing hemp shoes and hemp underwear, he's not vegan because everything that we wear has some kind of animal byproduct in it. And then the, the guy had a big true vegan tattoo on his neck. He goes, drives off on his $15,000 BMW scooter, which almost everything on there is made with some kind of animal byproduct. So there's, there's a lot of uh, people who who are out there protesting things who really have no clue, you know, what they're doing. Go ahead, Victoria. Okay, I have two questions, but I did want to tell you that there are college rodeo teams that we have non-competing members that can never like can never have touched a horse, and we will teach them about rodeo and. A lot of them go on to rodeo or they do something else in the agriculture community. So it's really cool. We're one of the only teams in the nation that's been doing it. There's a few where, other where ones. Is that at? Colorado where is that State, at? Fort Collins. Oh, very nice. So I have a, I one of my questions was saying that I do go to CSU. 
is have you got any doctors like Temple Grandin involved where she's really into these animal rights? Uh, Temple is a, uh, as good a friend as Temple has, uh, her and I know each other very well and are very friendly. Um, she actually, we were uh, not too long ago, we were gonna, four or five years ago, CSU was gonna do a study on the spaying of wild horses, uh, a, a, basically a behavioral study on spaying of wild horses instead of using PZP on them. And Temple actually called me and told me that she goes, and she's very blunt. I don't know, have you been around her much? Yeah, she's I'm very I'm in her blunt. classes. <laughs> yeah. So she's very blunt, very direct, but she, I answer, I haven't talked to her for a year and I see her name come up on my phone. I answer the phone. I'm like, hey, Temple, how are you doing? And she just, she didn't respond to that. She just said, Dave, follow the money. And I go, well, what do you mean follow the money? And I go, I like to follow money, but what money are you talking about? She goes, well, they canceled your space study. And I said, well, it wasn't my space study. It was the BLM space study. Um, but she goes, I know, but you are a part of it. She goes, they, they canceled your study. And turns out the activist groups, what had happened was the activist groups went in there and paid more money for something else and got the board to say, no, we're not gonna do this. So um, it was very hard. She, she was putting herself at risk by doing that, you know, even though she's a professor there and all that, but she was putting herself at risk by saying that, but it just incensed her that they were doing that because they wouldn't do anything. So as far as temples um, coming in and helping us with, you know, rodeo, we've got veterinarians, we've got all kinds of people that are really strong on that stuff. So I don't think, I mean, I've never really asked Temple to weigh in and it's, I mean, she's so much into her, her autism stuff now and trying to help with autistic kids and all that, that it might be hard to get her to focus on anything else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you're right, that is that would be a good good thing to have. Yeah, it was just a thought since so many people know her, even if you aren't in the agricultural community, most people have heard of her. Right. Um, my other question was, how'd you get um, New York City to block the law so fast versus LA? Because I'm from LA and no one knows that this is happening except the rodeo community. Right. So the way we got it stopped up there is we got it stopped because it was it's a little different deal. It's not the city of New York. It was the New York legislature that was trying to do it. So we were able to go in and um, convince from different directions other people to convince that congresswoman to stop doing what she was doing. So the, you know, if 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 that would have worked in L.A. with this guy, it would have been great. We we tried the same kind of stuff, and if it would have worked, it would have been great. But we didn't. We he was he's bowed up and is not gonna he's not gonna budge off his his desires. And here's the here's the crazy part. So L.A. is this whole thing's being run by or pushed by a guy who's a former movie star our movie guy, and he's a nice looking older gentleman that probably has lots of movie star friends that are funding him. And he runs a group called Last Chance for Animals. And he is, 
in his own biography, he talks about the only, he's never owned a pet, had a pet, a dog, cat, anything. The but and he talks about a very bizarre um, interaction he had with a wild dog or a feral dog in downtown LA, where he stared into the eyes of this dog and supposedly the dog talked to him or told him he needed to help him out, help out. So that's the that's the kind of people we're dealing with. Is people that are like that. They have no animal husbandry. Um, the the former leader of the Humane Society of the United States, Wayne Pacelli, never had a dog, never had a dog or a cat, never had a pet. But he was the one that was going to tell you, you know, one of his favorite lines, or my, my favorite lines that he said was, he was for the eradication of all domestic animals. That's your dogs, cats, food animals, any pets, all of that. And he said, one generation and out, it could be done. Just stop breeding everything, one generation, it's gone. So that's their goal. And we have to, as great stewards of the animals, and, and we are, one thing I want you to realize too is they try to claim the animal welfare brand. We are the animal welfare people. We take care of our animals. They're animal rights people. So we are the, we are the people who are the stewards of the animals. We take care of them. We are the welfare people in the animal world. So, yeah, go ahead, Lillian. So you just kind of went over what my question was, but you could probably go into detail more. I was going to ask you if like, have you ever talked to an animal rights person and like, what is their mo motivation? Like, it can't just be, I don't like eating meat, really. I mean, maybe it is, but like, why would they pay all this money and protest just for this if they aren't educated about it? That's a, that's a really good question. And there are very dedicated people to what they believe is we're torturing and hurting animals and animals should not be under our guidance or they should all be free. But make no mistake, that most animal rights people are in it for the money. They all make very good money and they all, I mean, the Humane Society of the United States gets almost a billion dollars a year in donations. So money, money corrupts even some of the best people. So you have to realize that it's not a logical game that they're playing. The things that they say are not logical, but they do it because they can get some old lady sitting at home to send them $19.99 a month. And, and the reality is the Humane Society of the United States puts those commercials up and ASPCA also on, on late night TV. But the, there's commercials that has Susan Sarandon and all these movie stars sit up there and they've got the cats with the goop in their eyes. Anybody that's had barn cats knows that those cats get goop, cat, kittens get goop in their eyes sometimes in their life, and you got to treat them. And so, but they have those pictures like that and little videos where they make people feel bad for them and give them $19.95 a month. You start getting millions of people doing that, and that's a lot of money, a lot of money coming in. Mm -hmm. So each one of these people that works at these animal rights groups are making 
a very, very, very good paycheck to tell a lie and to live off that. Now, the ASPCA, one thing I want you to realize, too, is that the Humane Society of the United States is the mothership. You got to think of it like a mothership. They are the big mothership of all animal rights. And then you have over here, you got the ASPCA, which is kind of the long arm of the law, trying to go around and act like they are law enforcement in states and they're not. There's no, no state where ASPCA is allowed to act as law enforcement, even though they'll come out to your place and try to tell you that. So, and they don't, they, they'll take animals. They're a very corrupt organization also. And I know there's a, there's a lot of folks that believe the ASPCA does a lot of good. I, I would say they do a lot more bad than they do good. And then the, you got PETA over here, who I don't know if all of you have seen stupid things that PETA puts out. I mean, they put out outrageous stuff. And then they go lay in a parking lot with blood or lettuce all over them or something. You know, they're naked with blood and lettuce or whatever all over them. They do all kinds of crazy stuff. They're over here to make what the Humane Society is doing look normal. And it, it works. It's worked in the public's eye. And then the ASPCA is over here doing the bidding. And there's about 50 plus animal rights groups out there that are make, bringing in millions of dollars a year to pay their salary just to go sit around and, and make a bunch of noise about how horrible we all are. Um, the, the, most of you are probably too young to ever seen this, but there up in Seattle, there in the Puget Sound, there was an oil rig that came in, one of the offshore oil rigs that came in and was getting worked on or something in there. And it was sitting there and all of these protesters went out there to go protest around this oil rig. Well, they were all in kayaks. And guess what kayaks are made of? Petroleum products. So all of those people that were out there protesting the oil or the, the oil rig were in something made from oil. So it's very disingenuous for people to do that kind of stuff. But that those are, I mean, that's a that's a prime example, but that's the same thing that the animal rights groups do. They do things like that all the time. Yeah. So, Lack of education on many, many levels. That's a lot of content. You can tell that you spend a lot of time doing this and educating people and um, spelling out what it is that we're up against. And, um, you know, the things that we can do on TikTok and these kids using their platforms to um, to educate others. Like that's, it's really important. And um, like, like Dave said, you know, it's been, it's taken him a while to accumulate all of these people. And I guess, uh, Riley and Peyton, you go ahead and ask your question and then I'll ask, I'll ask after you. What, um, I just had another question about an update on the Alameda County, okay. like an update on what the city council has decided so far. Uh, they haven't decided anything. What they, what, what happened in Alameda was a very, it was against the rules of their own city or their uh, county uh, supervisors protocol. So two, two of the supervisors came in and tried to run this through without going through the proper channel. So 
what they're supposed to do is they're supposed to bring it up and they they are able to put it to a committee like the agriculture committee that they have or another committee, animal welfare committee to be able to be talked about and gone over and then educate the the supervisors about that from through that committee and then go to a vote. But they just brought it up for a vote. So one great thing that happened at that um, first hearing was one of the city councilmen withdrew it. He was able to withdraw it. And I mean, he reamed those two that brought that up. He, he was not nice and he was very, um, upset about the fact of the way they brought this up and how they did it. So that was really neat, but they pushed it off till I think it's September 22nd. There's going to be another debate about it. And right now there's a lot of, there's a big push to get, you know, people to sign their petition. They got to change that org petition, but get people to get people to do that. And then also send in, make phone calls and send in, letters or emails to the city or the the uh, supervisors so there's there's all kinds of stuff out there to be able to go do that with links to all their emails and all of that to be able to and that would be a really cool little deal for you guys to do especially if you can round up more kids in california the better but if you've got rodeo youth in that area that you know of then activating those people to be very you know, talk about how they're, whether they're 10, 12, 15, 16 years old, whatever they are, whatever their age is, give their age, their name and their age and write a, write a letter about how important rodeo is to them. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Go ahead, Victoria. So I know that you said that they were trying to ban like ranching with the cows. Are they going after 4-H and FFA also? Oh, or is that like a next step that they're going to try to do? Yeah. So you got to look at what these animal rights groups are doing as a very incremental thing. They're very patient and they're taking little bits, little bits, little bits, little bits. And they get one little set of wording and words matter in as far as um, legislation of any kind at any level. Words matter. So you have to, I've been, I've trained myself. I'm a high school educated Marine. I'm not a I don't have a political science degree or any of that stuff, but I've trained myself and I've had some great mentors that have showed me how to, to the point where I can look at something and read through it and read between the lines and see what is gonna cause a problem, what words are gonna cause a problem. And that's how they, they keep adding on and adding on. So they get this one word, these one few words in there and you know, then, it, then it moves into something else like in LA. They say rodeo events and similar events. So what does similar events mean? Does that mean, you know, cutting, raining, cow horse, team penning, sorting? What is this? What is the similar events that they're saying? If, if the LA deal or the Alameda thing passes, you won't even be able to have a barrel race there because that's a rodeo event. Mm -hmm. And in LA, they named all the rodeo events. So you won't be able to have a standalone team roping, barrel racing, anything in the city of LA. So um, that's that's the part that's going to be very, um, it, it, it's too broad. It's way, you know, they 
they've made it they've made it hard on themselves and the city attorney has made it very hard on himself by doing what he did so now it's going to be it's, he's going to they're going to have to withdraw some things in LA to not get sued mm -hmm. and and we're thinking that you know they may pass we may say okay you can have wire tie downs nobody uses wire tie downs so you can take the wire tie downs you can you know say that uh know what whatever else they're trying to say you know and but flank straps and here's a prime example so one of the things that they they try to do is they try to say you know the proponents of these ordinances and and bills say that well this this doesn't ban rodeo we're not trying to ban rodeo by doing this well if you take away flank straps lariats and spurs you're banning rodeo well, once, once uh, shark, have you guys ever heard of shark? Shark is like the biggest anti-rodeo guy. I mean, he's, he's been a thorn in rodeo side for 30 years. And he's been compiling all kinds of stuff for years. And he has a website. And anyway, his name's Steve Hindy. Right on his website, he talks about in another state how they they, you know, even though these people are trying to promote the fact that they're saying we're not trying to ban rodeo, right on his website in three different states, he talks about in three different cities in different states, he talks about how we effectively banned rodeo by regulating flank straps, spurs, and hot shots. So he's admitting what we already know that you can't have a rodeo without those implements. So you know, they're, they're kind of, they, if you look for the nuances in all this and you find all that information, you can, you can shoot these people in the, they shoot themselves in the foot. Mm -hmm. So by doing that. Yeah. Go ahead, Emma. Okay. So my question was, is it just in LA that this is going on or is it all, all over the world? Well, it's, Oh, it is all over the world. Australia is having a hard time, and so is New Zealand. They're trying to ban rodeo throughout the whole country of New Zealand. Um, I think there are three countries, three or four countries that have completely banned rodeo, aren't there? Yeah, most of, most of them are in Europe. Yeah. 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 So Australia's got a, a wicked bunch of animal rights groups down there, and that's worked out so well for them because now they have over 2 million feral camels and 2 million feral yeah. horses which are overrunning the country. And neither one of those is indigenous to Australia. The Afghans and the Brits, 175, 200 years ago, somewhere around there, had a big war over there. And they brought all those horses and the camels there. They didn't have any animals like that there. So they're, now, they're, now they're exacerbated. And in, in Australia, they get so bad, the camels will go into a town and they'll overrun a town somewhere, a small town somewhere looking for water. And there'll be 6,000, 7,000 head of camels. And feral camels are mean. They're not nice animals. So, and they can be really aggressive and they can pick up a big human and shake them with their mouth. And so they'll go into a town and take over the town trying to find water. I watched a, a video several years ago where there was a camel trying to open up a bathroom door at a garage station or gas station because he could smell the water behind the door and he was biting the doorknob. And so what they end up having to do is they end up 
bringing helicopters in, they drive them out of the town, and then they shoot them all and from the helicopters. So that's how they eradicate that situation. But even if, even if and the, the government now has to subsidize the uh, Australian ranchers, they call them stations over there, a ranch is a station. For the station owners, they subsidize them with helicopters and bullets so that they can go out and they'll shoot 7,500 horses in a day from helicopters. And if you start doing the math on that, even if they did that, you know, twice a week, that's still not even enough horses dying to curtail the amount of horses being born. You know, if you average 25% on a wild herd, it's still not enough to slow down the population. So that's what these animal rights groups do to us. But yes, I got a little off track, but the, 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 uh, they're doing this and they've already banned it in several cities, several in California already. Um, but they're, there's, they're trying to do Santa Barbara, Alameda County, um, LA. Pittsburgh was banned and we're trying to overturn that, but Pittsburgh banned it back in the 90s. They were the first one to get, that was the first place they got it done. So there's several places around the country that has already been done, but most of them are inner city areas where there's no rodeo. Now they're picking up places where there's a lot of rodeo. So I think they've bit off a little more than they can chew and they've realized that in LA. Um, there's, like I said, they're still doing it in, in uh, Alameda. They're trying, they're trying real hard, but San Francisco, it's already banned in San Francisco. Um, where else? Uh, there's another town right there that it's banned. But I know the state of Colorado's working really hard to do different stuff like that too. So yeah, Steamboat Springs, they're trying to ban it Steamboat Springs. They're, and there's they a rodeo every week in Steamboat Springs yeah, during the summer. Yeah. yeah, can you imagine what that would do to their economy? Yeah, it's a huge tourist attraction. Yeah. yeah. Lillian, so, go ahead with your question. So the California High School Rodeo Association holds their state finals in Bishop, California. And there's this river there that most people go and float on, but there's signs posted everywhere that it's like LA property and it's an open, like you can go float down the river and hang out there, but it is property of LA, which we kind of thought was so that the river runs down to LA. So like they get the water maybe, but if they were to pass those animal, animal um, laws, would that also contribute to the property owned by the city of LA? So like in Bishop, California, way up north, even though this property was owned by LA, would you like not no, be able I, to ride horses on there? Because there's- think, I, I don't think so. I don't think that would, I don't think they'd be able, because it'd be in a totally different area, in a different county. Uh, I think, I'm not sure what they're saying, trying to say when they're saying that the city of LA maybe owns the water coming down or, or I, I don't, I don't understand. How far is Bishop from LA? Bishop is like central. Hours? Yeah, it's like six hours, something like yeah, that. But it's just it's like LA owns the strip all the way down that valley of the river. And it's just kind of a recreational area, but I'm sure they lease it out to ranchers somewhere along the line. Like that's a really, a lot of area for LA to own and just let people use. I'm sure they're leasing it somewhere, but 
what if they didn't get the income from that because they decided to ban it? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. I haven't, I didn't know there was any land on there. Um, Look, Lillian, you're teaching him something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's an interesting question. I I don't know. I I educatively, I don't know how to answer that other than I don't think L.A. would be able to the city of L.A. would be able to enforce anything in Bishop, even if they own the property. It, it's still in the Bishop either in the city or that county mm -hmm. so. thank you You're okay welcome. so here at the beginning you talked about how um you know you've been able to get all these associations and you're gaining followers um to jump on board with this cause i mean it's an awesome cause you know we're asking these kids to go out and do the same thing essentially on their own level so what tips do you have for them as they come up with these ideas to get people to write letters together, or they come up with ideas for their high school rodeo associations or their college rodeo teams or their friends. Like, how do they go about getting other people on board to support this cause like you have with like the PRCA, the PBR, the IPRA, et cetera? You know, the biggest thing, and I tell, I tell my, my two boys, my youngest just went his first day of senior year of high school, but, uh, what I tell my kids all the time is just be present, be somebody, because the way a lot of kids are these days and these genera this generation coming up, they're not, they're, they're too stuck to their games and not doing anything. So be present, be a good person, but also realize that it only takes one person to activate a lot of people. And one person who decides that they're gonna go do something about an issue and they're gonna help out. And you can see this all the time. You see it everywhere with, with kids that go get programs together to help somebody out or help something going on. There's, all it takes is a little work. And if you're not afraid of doing some work and really talking to people and, and getting people hustled together, it is not, it's not hard to do. And it's, it feels really good when you're doing it. I mean, it makes you feel good, but being able to bring people together is not as hard as people think it is. It's just a matter of actually going and doing it, deciding you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. so. And I think that there are people who are longing for that connection and to be a part of something. So um, be bold. And, you know, it, like he's saying, you know, it only takes one match to light a fire. You know, mm -hmm. if you can be that match to light the next match, to light the next match, and then you can, I mean, it can spread like wildfire if you're just I, willing to be bold. I get that question a lot because people are like, how did you, how did you get this put together and how did you do this? And I go, I just did it. I just did it. I decided I was going to do it and I did it. And that is um, probably the greatest lesson I can give anybody is just go do it. Be, be present and be a part of things and and be a part of something and and believe in yourself to be able to get it done because if even if you get it's amazing how becoming a leader is so easy as long as you try to help people understand how to you know the worst thing you can do as a leader is be overbearing as a leader i i'm a i'm one of those people that 
I give people a task and I let them go do the task. I don't try to micromanage people or do anything like that. I'm a, I'm a very much, I want to see what they can get done and accomplished on their own. And um, I think that builds better people and it builds uh, a lot more trust between your, you and your, the people you're working with. So that's what, that's the way I like to do it. Now, does, does everything work out real well all the time? No, but it never does in anything. So, mm -hmm. but the, the more you can let people run and help out and be a part of something, that's, that's the best you can do. And if, if you guys want to be a part of something, go bring your friends together. Just go talk to them about it and say, hey, let's do this. Because people like, where their people want to be a part of something, mm -hmm. and let's let's make it a part of something being good, that's good, instead of being a part of something that's bad. Amen to that. That's awesome. All righty. Well, Dave, thank you so much for your time and for for sharing all this information with us. It's. You know, it's it's a lot of information. It's some of it's kind of hard information to digest because, you know, we don't want to believe that this is happening in our world, mm -hmm. but but it is and it's part of it. And um, we get to to do our part in doing the things that he just said by standing up, being leaders, being present, being there with facts, with figures, with information and with the passion that we have for for this lifestyle that we love so much to help help his cause, help our cause, you know, at the, at the end of the day, it's part of what built America and what keeps the American dream going, not just in our industry. So, um, yeah, thank you for sharing all that with us today. You bet. Thanks for having me guys. And, and, uh, anytime any of you have a question, you can send me an email or whatever. I'm not, I, I, I would love to hear from you. And if you need some help with something, or you see something that's going on, let me know what it is. Yes. And if any of you guys come up with this, with an idea that you would like to implement through rodeokids.com, please let me know. Um, we can reach out to Dave as well and we can come up with some stuff together to maybe we do another Zoom where you invite your friends and we talk about some of this stuff or we create a presentation or uh, do a public service thing. I, I don't know what, what's going to come up, but whatever it is, um, you know, we're here to help you guys do whatever you feel like you need to do as well. Whatever God puts on your hearts to, to fulfill this um, mission that we've all gotten to hear about today. So just let us know. Would anybody like to close in prayer? We got any volunteers for that? Anybody? Anybody? No? Barley? Oh yeah, Harley's a trooper. Yeah. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, please bless that we can all travel safe and stay safe in everything you do. Thank you for everything you do. And please bless that we can find a way to change the perspective and teach the people that don't know as much about rodeo as we do. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you very much, guys. And again, keep in touch and let us know if we can do anything. Okay. You guys take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.